Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Welcome back to Voice of the Church. Today we finish up our study on the book of Daniel, coming to Daniel chapter 6, one of the more famous stories of Daniel known as Daniel in the lion's den. I'll be reading a few verses from the Bible first, and then we'll dig into our passage together. Daniel 6, verse 3. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault, because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel, unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then in verse 10 we read read these words, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. The most Christ-like man I ever met, was a man named Daniel Sabo. I met him while on a mission trip in Hungary and Eastern Europe, and he had gone through the time of communism in Hungary and been persecuted for his faith during that time. As a student, he was expelled from the seminary for speaking against the communists. He was later beaten, kidnapped, taken from his home, lost all his possessions, and thrown and left beaten in the street. By God's grace, he began a seminary at night, underground, so to speak, among the gypsies, the despised of the community in Hungary. And he served the Lord all through communism until in 1989, communism fell in Hungary. When people came to know something of his story, the government responded. And thanks for his faithful testimony in life, they named him a diplomat, gave him diplomatic status. And he continued to serve God until the time I came as a student, many years later, to learn and see the holiness of this man. Though he was older in years, though he could teach you about Christ and the words he spoke, his very demeanor, his very character, the way he interacted with the people around him, just showed the beauty of Jesus. He is the most holy man I've ever met. In Daniel chapter 6, we come to Daniel. And although the text doesn't tell us, by this time, if we do the math, Daniel is an old man. He's between 70 and 85 years of age. And yet, what do we see in the passage? We see Daniel still serving the Lord, still trusting in his God, still holy, fighting the Christian fight. You know, sometimes we speak of the Christian life as a race. And it is a race. The Bible speaks of it like that. But let us remember, it's not a short one. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. We are called to persevere in the Christian life. We are called to fight in this battle from the day God calls us to himself until the day God calls us home. For some of us, that may be a time of one or two years. For Daniel, it was more than 70. More than 70 years of looking to Jesus. More than 70 years of fighting the Christian fight. Beloved, let us learn from this brother in the Lord and persevere in the Christian walk. 
want to see this day a few things from the text that we are to persevere despite conflict. We are to persevere in holiness. Now we are to persevere because we have a persevering God. First of all, let's notice we have to persevere in conflict. In verses 3 and 4, we see how Daniel distinguishes himself and the governors and the satraps, the, the leaders of the time, were jealous. Daniel is going to be made the highest ruler under the king in all of Babylon. And we know, the Bible tells us, he was such a good ruler, such an honest man, that no one could find any fault in him. He would not allow corruption. He would not allow deception. He did his job well. Governments are fraught with waste. This man stood against the tide. And because of this, the people around him hated him. Because of this, they wanted to undo him. They, 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 they made a plot, a plan to overthrow David. And they brought to the king the request that no one in all the empire could pray to any other god, any other person besides the king, King Darius. The goal of these men was to bring down Daniel. Before Jesus went to heaven, he spoke to his disciples in John 15, verse 20. And he said to them these words, No servant is above his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Daniel had faced much persecution. He had been taken as a boy from his home, brought to Babylon, had to stand against the king many times over. And now here he is in his prime of life, the golden years of his life, and he must stand for Christ against persecution again. Let us be reminded by the Bible that the battle doesn't end, not until God calls us home. That the idea of fighting the Christian fight goes on. And though we may be 20 or 40 or 60 or even 80, there is still an enemy we must stand against and a Lord we must stand for as we stand for the Savior. So keep persevering. Persevere not only when conflict comes against you, but persevere in holiness. One of the beautiful things of this passage is how these men who wanted to bring down Daniel could find no way to do it. So verse 4 says, They could find no charge or fault because Daniel was faithful, he, nor was there any error or fault found in him. And so they say in verse 5, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. What a testimony Daniel had. What a witness this was in, in the place where God had put him, in the world where he stood. That he could not be found to have fault unless that fault was found in his obedience to God. And so if you know the story, they, they hatch the plot we described before, that because they make a law that you can only pray to the King Darius, that you could not pray to the living God, that was how they knew they could undo Daniel. Because the only way to stop him would be to make a, a law that would force him to break his obedience to God. And they knew if a law came that said you could either obey God or you could obey man, this Daniel would obey God, and therefore he'd fall into disregard and be cast out by man. Daniel was known for his holiness. When the law comes through, he fully meets the expectations of his opponents. He goes into his room. He opens the doors towards Jerusalem. He kneels down on his knees three times a day and prays and gives thanks before his God. Now this was a wonderful tradition Daniel had. We're not commanded in the Bible to pray three times a day, but there are good traditions and good habits, habits that will develop holiness and help us to grow closer to the Lord. It can be Bible reading, it can be prayer, it can be worship, church attendance, joining a small group to study the Bible and be held accountable. 
All these things are wonderful habits that we should have to grow in the things of Christ. And Daniel's was to pray three times a day. His prayer towards Jerusalem was very specific and very beautiful. It wasn't a tradition. It wasn't a superstition. And we certainly shouldn't pray towards Jerusalem today. But in that time, Daniel prayed towards Jerusalem because that was where the temple of God once was. And in 1 Kings 8, when that temple was dedicated, Solomon had a special prayer. And he prayed these words. This was a long time before the time of the exile. Some 300 years before the people would be taken into captivity. And Solomon prayed these words in 1 Kings 8 verse 46. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin. And you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy. And they take them captive to the land of the enemy far and near. When they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of those who took them captive, saying, We have sinned and done wrong, we have committed wickedness. And when they return to you with all their heart, and with all their soul, in the land of their enemies who led them away captive, and they pray to you toward their land which you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen, and the temple which I have built for your name, then hear in heaven your dwelling place their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause, and forgive your people." You see, Solomon, by the Spirit of God, had prophesied of a time when the nation would be carried into exile. And he prayed that when they were in exile, they could pray towards the temple, towards the land of Israel, because that was where God's presence was said to dwell. And when they did so in repentance, that God would hear them. This is the habit that Daniel had established in his life, a habit of repentance. A habit of turning his face towards where God dwelt and asking God for grace and thanking God for his goodness. What a glorious habit for us to have as his children. What a way to persevere in the life of holiness. To direct our prayers not to a temple, but to Jesus Christ, who has brought the presence of God to us. And to ask for forgiveness of sins, to pray with thanksgiving for all he's done, and to make a custom of humbling ourselves before the Lord in a regular prayer each day. Daniel is a wonderful witness to us. This man perseveres for many years. He perseveres in conflict, but he also perseveres in holiness. What about you? Do you love Jesus? Do you have habits in your life that you have that help you grow towards him? Be careful not to try to make everything all the time, but set yourself small goals, habits that you can keep each day. Three times of regular, concentrated prayer of thanksgiving, for example times of studying God's word, but allow yourself to develop godly habits that will keep you persevering by God's grace in the way of Christ. Now, the last point we want to hit is that not only are we called to persevere in conflict and called to persevere in holiness, but we are called to persevere because we have a persevering God. The plot of the enemies works, and Daniel is thrown into the lion's den. And the king is upset because he loved Daniel. And so the day after Daniel is thrown in the lion's den, the king comes there early in the morning and he says these words, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me. You know that godly man, Daniel Sabo, that I met in Hungary? How was he able to persevere in the faith through times of communist rule, times of beating? He was able to persevere because he had a God who preserved him, who continued to hold on to him, who continued to keep him. And we see that in Daniel's life as well. Daniel stands for God. But what do we see? That God has never stopped standing for Daniel. 
He continues to hold him, even in old age. He has not walked away from his child. And God does not walk away from you. Why are you called not to give up in the Christian faith? Because God does not give up on his children. The Bible tells us in Philippians 1.6 that what God begins, he finishes. And if God has begun a good work in you, he will carry it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. You are called to persevere because your God is a God who perseveres for you and holds on to you and will continue to protect you and defend you against every foe. Just look to Christ. Look to the goodness of your God that never fails, whether you have followed him for 10 or 20 or 70 years or whether you've only followed him for a minute. This God does not let his people go. So don't give up. When you find sin against you, repent and come back to the God who forgives the sin of his people and persevere in holiness once more. Your God is a preserving God. Rejoice that he will not fail to hold you in the grip of his grace.